Welcome to the More Than Music podcast with your hosts Thibaut Duchesnay and Chris Snellgrove. In each episode, we will discuss what sparked our guests' passion and what continues to motivate them to live a dedicated life to the arts. The often overlooked reality is that genuinely dedicating oneself to one's art is not all about the euphoric moments of creation and expression. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Our guest tonight is Jose Alberto Delgado. Jose is an amazing drummer from Costa Rica. He's played in so many significant bands in the last 10 plus years, including Overseas, Digger, Ticking Time Bomb, and he currently plays in Buena Suerte, San Jose's favorite ska group, and Jungle Julia, the alt-country powerhouse. He has toured Central, South, and North America, and has played festivals such as The Fest in Florida, Puza Fest in Montreal, North by Northeast in Toronto, and Finca Fest in Costa Rica. He was also the first touring drummer for my solo project, and I have seen him play three full sets with three different bands in one night. He and a friend also DJ under the name Cheats and Reynolds. He hosts Emo Nights and is one of the most well-respected members of the Costa Rican music scene. So welcome to the show. Oh, and thank for, you. And for the reference, we'll probably be referring to him periodically as Chito. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's my that's my uh, nickname. Uh, but I I want to I want to be a little bit more serious on this on this podcast. So I decided to use my real name. No problem, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Jose. <laughs> Thanks, Tivo. Good, good to see you and hear you again. I haven't yeah. seen your face in a while, so I'm a long uh, time. I'm stoked. Me too. Me too. Bring some of that Pura Vida up to Montreal and to the world. Yeah. All right. So let's Definitely. start with the basics. Where, like, what? Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in San Jose? I did. I I grew up on a on a really centric area and. San Jose, kind of the east of San Jose, uh, San Pedro. It's like pretty close to to everything, pretty much, pretty close to the to downtown and all that. And I grew up there, uh, and then started switching switching uh, houses. Uh, but every and each time, um, a little bit uh, further from from the center, like go into the mountains so i i kind of lived uh in the mountains for a while for like the last um until i was about 17 yeah i used to live at this farm in the mountains with with my parents oh, sure. and nice. but yeah I, I grew up uh on a pretty regular uh costa rican area <laughs> nice so how did you get into music how did i get into me i i I have flashbacks of of me just like like starting to like music when I was about seven or eight, like starting to actually listen to music, and well, it started to kind of I kind of kind of became a, a nerd, and well, just look the listen to lots of music, uh, but my first I would say my first like approach to music was when when I when I started. Uh, I would say, let, let's say middle school, because I was like 13. I uh, th- I got switched to this uh, new school, and high schools here uh, have like marching bands for like uh, Independence Day, right? So they have this. Uh, it's not. It's kind of marching band, but it's not like the the traditional drumline. It's a little something a little bit more Latin, and I started there. I just uh, I was. I, I used to play a, a snare drum uh, on on the marching band at okay. my school, and well, I I I was there for like 
all the five years uh, at school and there was this parade every year. Like every September 15th, there's uh, this parade on every community or every like, uh, yeah, in every community, like all the schools around gather and they have like their own bands and it's kind of a, it's kind of a parade, like in the independence parade that's like for Costa Rica mm-hmm. independence. Right. So yeah, I, I, that's when I started like playing drums, like, kind of like getting a, a, a an idea of, of how music really works. And then I remember probably back in 99, um, getting into like watching a lot of uh, MTV and like, uh, and well, starting to listening to, to, to other stuff. Like I remember seeing the, the video for the harder they come by Rancid. It wasn't this uh, Tibet, uh, show like uh tibetan freedom show or something like that and that kind of blew my mind like first time i listened to rancid it was crazy and now i i think that was probably 99 or 2000 that's that that was probably my first approach to punk rock what blew your mind when you saw that video uh, i just i don't know man like uh older older the the styling of the guys like that was like my first punk rock and i didn't even know that was punk right yeah. at that time it was just like what's this and that's a ska song that also blew my mind but i didn't know what ska was back then right so it was crazy probably at that time i i, I watched uh the video for one arm scissor by at the driving that also blew my mind like watching those guys and all the those movements and all that uh, rage uh, on stage and all that, it was crazy. And all those, the big hairs and everything. It was like, the, I, I think that that was part of my, my first approach to punk rock and all that uh, stuff, right? What did you listen to before? Mm, whatever used to come on the radio or, well, back, back then I used to listen to probably more Latin music, but like, like uh, bands from uh, Mexico, but uh, for example, uh, bands like Molotov or uh, Café Tacuba, like yeah, Latin those music. Are still punk bands, though. Uh, I wouldn't say they're punk. Men- mentally, they are. Uh, yeah, mentally they are, but I wouldn't say uh, I used to uh, like see that as punk. Okay, that happened way way after but yeah that's that's what i used to listen some some also some mexican like rap like control machete uh that kind of stuff that that was really big back uh back then and i remember like listening to sublime being smaller maybe at nine or ten eleven years old but didn't it, it didn't like uh it didn't make that uh that um that big impression in me as when I saw that video for Rancid or that video for, for uh, one arm scissor. So it's because sublime are absolute garbage. Oh, <laughs> stop it. I like sublime, man. Yeah. I think they have some <laughs> good songs. I even, I even played uh sublime uh, uh, cover set once in a beer festival here with my, with my friend, Reynaldo. It's awesome. fun. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steph likes them. I used, <laughs> used to like them. Um, and so, so you were just playing a snare drum for five years in school or was it like mm. for, for one day a year or was it kind of thing like, okay, we're going to first year you get to just hit the snare and do this. And then next year you get a snare and a bass drum. And then eventually you get to a point where you're playing everything. It was. Yeah. So I played, yeah, like 
I played Justice Nerd Drum for two years. Then uh, I got an upgrade because I got a little bit better. Then I got uh, an upgrade for um, I don't know I don't know the the word for this in English, but that like there are two drums with um, it's for Latin percussion. Like these two drums, like the they're used in like reggae and all that Latin stuff. They don't have like the like the steel the, drums. Yeah, like steel drums, something like okay. that. But uh, yeah, that so that was my upgrade for the last few years. And that's when I started to actually play drums back in what 2001. Yeah, 2001. That that was the year when I got my first uh, drum kit. Okay. And we're gonna get there soon, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. It's it, it's all part of it, right? So yeah, your parent at that point were you, were your parents living out on a farm so you could just beat the crap out of it constantly and just make noise and. Actually, back then I used to uh, have my drum kit back. My my parents they used to have like this um, advertising like signed uh, company. So they used to have like this warehouse that used to be our old house. Uh, and so they moved their their business there. So they 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 were like, okay, you you can have the drum kit, and you're gonna take uh, lessons, and you can have the drum kit, but you can have it there. I was oh, not cool. allowed to have it at the house uh, where we lived back then, so I, I used to have it at the at that warehouse and played like on weekends and uh, whenever whenever I had uh, like band practice. Cause well, that's um, that that's when I started my first band back in what two thousand two thousand one or two thousand two. Like I just got a drum, I just got a drum kit, and then started my first band like a week later. Was it immediate that you wanted to be serious about this? It was. Okay, so when I started with just uh, hitting the drum, uh, when I, I was like, hey, I want to play drums. But the first year, I want to play drums. Uh, my parents were like, no, you're not going to play drums. That's uh, yeah, It's too noisy. And I don't think, uh, I don't think you'll, you'll... It's probably going to be a face. So we're not going to get you the drum, the drum kit. Okay, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. Uh, second year at school band. Hey, can I have a drum kit? No, you can't. And by that time, I had a, a better idea of what a full drum kit would sound like, not just hitting the drums. So I kind of started to do my research and well, so this is a hi-hat. This is a everything, right? Then uh, third year, hey, can I have a drum kit? They were like, it doesn't look like a face uh, anymore. He might be interested. So uh, at that time, uh, I had a cousin. Uh, his dad uh, bought him a drum kit, like the probably the 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 lowest uh, line of 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 drum kit you you could get back then was a brand called Biscayne. I don't know. Um, it's probably mm-hmm. the equivalent of of those uh, like really cheap uh, kits. You probably uh, have. I, I know uh, what you're talking about, but I, you know, I don't know enough about drums to know what a good <laughs> kit sounds like and the good names. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, it was the basic kit with like uh, crack symbols, you know, like a, a pretty shitty uh, kit. But that's that's. Uh, I just they just bought it uh, for me, and it was like, uh, but well, uh, you have to 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 go to classes. So I found out about this place 
uh, there was this guy that used to be uh, that that has this uh, this music academy. It's one of the like the 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 biggest like um, it was a really small school, but like every drummer, probably every drummer in Costa Rica, uh, at least uh, went uh, they at least uh, got into one or two classes with this guy. So I I went to uh, drum lessons for like a year or so, uh, and well, a week after. I started the lessons like I just learned two beats probably and it was like yeah I got to start a band. So <laughs> I talked to these uh guys uh at school. Uh the uh one recently got a, an electric guitar. Uh the other one um the other one uh used to play guitar f- for a while. Uh he well, we were like 14 or 15 back then, but this guy How old were you at this point? Yeah, I was 4 I was 15. So this guy came out from this uh like art school, uh but they he got transferred to to my school. Actually, he still plays. He's a badass like cello player, but he plays like uh I don't know, like metal songs in cello and that kind of stuff, Alfonso. Uh but he played with us for like 3 or 4 months, uh, a couple of shows. Uh, and then he got transferred to another school and well quit quit our band, but he still plays and he's a badass cello player. And I started I just started the band like one week after two weeks after I got my my first drum kit with these two guys. Uh, then we then we got a bass player. We got like five or six bass players in probably two <laughs> years and just started jamming jamming out at my uh, at my parents' uh, warehouse. For their business, and we did a ska band back then. Crazy! I'm kind of closing the circle now with the ska bands. No kidding. <laughs> I hope it's just not my last band. Nah, <laughs> but man, yeah, you're gonna play forever. <laughs> I hope so. But when you say you were playing shows, I mean, you're 15 years old. Where do you like? What were you playing as shows? Uh, at school, uh, they had like this talent oh, okay. show, so we we played there. Um, back then, there there used to be like lots of like. Uh, open bar parties, but for like teenagers, made by teenagers. So it was like just open bar for for everyone. They paid a cover and they had some bands playing. Um, what else? There used to be a, a theater uh, called the I don't remember the, called. It was pretty close to uh, neighborhoods you've been to, like California, Los Angeles, all that. There was this theater uh, like uh, there, and they started to do shows and well. Uh, I don't know how we got there, but we they they started doing shows there. So there was like this other venue where they used they used to do shows. There was this uh, con- we got into this contest like Battle of the Bands, okay. uh, and we got to the what was like the prob- we were picked from probably let's say eighty bands, and they picked like thirty, and we got to those thirty. So we played a show there, and that was the. Uh, that was the, the first time uh, I got interviewed on TV, and I was like fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> we went to we went to the it was the the channel for the for uh, the university here, uh, Universidad de Costa Rica. You've been you guys been around there, uh, and they yeah that was my first like TV interview. Not a lot of people watch watches that uh, that channel, but yeah, that was my first interview in in TV. Who cares, man? You're 15. You're being your first band. You're being interviewed for <clears throat> even if it's college TV. It's still TV. Like that blows my mind. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So at, at what point? 
So were you guys writing originals or playing covers? Originals, all original stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. We we used to play a cover or two, like every now and then. But I started I started with with my originals. Uh, well, I I wasn't writing anything. I was just playing drums. Cause I didn't I didn't know shit about anything back then. Uh, but I, I just wanted to like play ska back then. Like it, it was like it was the main thing back then. Actually, it's crazy because uh, some of the bands uh, I'm. I've been like uh, playing with lately. Uh, let's say in Finca Fest, mm-hmm. most of those bands uh, were the bands that I used to go uh, see when when I started going to shows. So it's crazy that they're still they're still around. But when I started to go shows to go to shows, those were the bands that I wanted to to see. It's crazy. So what that what is that like? You know that now you're playing with the bands that just got you into ska. Yeah, and you're sharing the stage with them. It's awesome, man. It's it's awesome, and uh, it's crazy because we started this band. I was I wasn't too convinced about like getting back into ska again after all these years. Because well, I don't know. I've, I've always liked ska, but I, I didn't. I wasn't thinking about that, and I don't know. But we just I just started the band with this guy and. Started recording stuff, like getting stuff out there, and looks like some people like it, and it's cool that that we get picked to to play in this kind of uh, like venues and festivals, and that we're getting noticed. It's it's so cool. Just just so we're clear, we're talking about Buena Suerte. Yeah, we're talking about Buena Suerte. Um, and is there a big ska scene in Costa Rica? Yeah, it's pretty big, actually. Uh, there there are not that many like new bands. But there's a really big scene like that Finca Fest. You remember when when you remember that face to face show, Peppers? Yeah. yeah. So right right now there's another. There are like two venues, Peppers and this other venue. So Finca Fest was like just one band uh, starting on one band playing on the on one venue. Then when they when they finished their set, another band was starting on on the other venue. Both venues were full. Let's say that was like probably. 3,000, 4,000 people and it was wow. sold out. So, okay. wow. and, and it was the first weekend of like no uh, restrictions. So it was like first, one of the first shows, no, no tables, no, no masks inside and all that. So it was, it was crazy. Amazing. Wow. So yeah, Skazine is huge here. Like, so, really, so, spe- really big. so speaking about the restrictions and stuff, I remember seeing videos. And to me, this kind of blew my mind of bands in Costa Rica, you included, playing huge stages, but having plastic walls at the front of the stage. Yeah, dude. I, I don't understand how sonically <coughs> that would work for anybody. Uh, I would, I, I felt like I was in this, like, uh, in a fish tank. It was crazy, man. Like, and, you don't feel like you're you're like making any like connection with your audience because everyone has to like just uh, sit on their table and uh, not like walk around un- unless they put on their their mask. But there's no there was no uh, not any type of like uh, motion or anything like that. They you couldn't you couldn't even stand in front of the stage. Uh, and also the venues were like at twenty five percent of of their capacity. So it was. It was not 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 that cool. Sonically, uh, sonically, 
it it didn't affect it that much because hmm. it wasn't that thick. It was like probably the 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 thinnest uh, plastic they could get. So <laughs> it was not like plexiglass. It was something yeah. like really really uh, softer. So I don't know. It, I I didn't think it affected, but it affected like the perception you have of of, of the course. crowd and probably how the crowd sees you yeah. from their tables all board. Imagine going to there. We imagine going to a hardcore show and everyone's sitting like, dude, that that would be so boring. Uh, or a punk rock show, even even for us, like we we had it. We uh, our first like uh, show like with people dancing and and stuff was like Finca Fest two months ago. All the shows we played before that, people sitting on tables eating and drinking their beer. It was really really boring. Even yeah, you you just don't feel the vibe, right? It's crazy. Yeah. But at least you yeah. got to play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of us didn't get to play, and yeah. you know, we got to play one show full band in twenty twenty one, and pff, it was it was insane. You know, it's like a drug. So I, I can't. I, that's why I was asking what it was like behind the plexiglass with the people sitting and all this yeah. stuff because it's it's such a it's almost like a tease. You know, you totally. get, you get to you get to play but it's kind of more like a jam with a couple of people sitting on the couch watching you you know yeah the thing is uh well both my bands the ones that are act are active right now uh we had we we came out and we came out in 2020 so we kind of had to do it if we wanted to play shows because we we had to like do our first show and started to like have some some uh well playing shows and playing shows is the most is the most important thing if if you're in a band so uh if my band's new i'm gonna like take whatever uh opportunity uh i can get to like put them and like put together a show and and show this to people even though they have to be like be like uh on tables and we can only have uh 25 of 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 capacity so we i i, I see it like we had to do it. Like I just, I saw the this whole pandemic thing as a as a moment to like get stuff together and uh, and start like working in in those projects so they could like after like so they could like after all this pandemic uh, ended because it hasn't ended. Let's say mm-hmm. let's say like that. Yeah. Uh, we could be in a good place. Whenever the shows came back, and when whenever mm-hmm. we could tour, and we whenever we could like do like real band stuff, so we had to. That's the thing. So you used it as an opportunity. Yeah, I used it as an totally. I used it as an opportunity. I actually have this project uh, coming up. Uh, that's uh, it's uh, a new band that we that we came up with. We have a single coming, and it was like recorded in. In uh, three different countries with uh, some friends, you it's, probably know about amazing. this. Chris. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I, I can't talk about this, but you know about this. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's another that's another thing that came up with this uh, with this pandemic. And well, you you'll know about that in a month, I think. Nice. Yeah, and I just saw it as an opportunity, and right now. Uh, I'm not playing with all my old bands that that you guys uh, saw me with in the past, but I kind of 
got into that uh, whole Cheeto stage when I used to play with like three or four bands yeah. and I'm getting back into it. So it's, dude, as you said, Chris, it's like a drug. It even, even like if you're playing a 10 minute set or whatever, that kind of, that, that brings you joy. That brings joy to mm. my heart. If, if I can play yeah, drum yeah, on a stage, sure. right? For sure. <laughs> so question, you're saying like the, the bands you were playing in before, um, I guess they've kind of taken a back seat with everything and you've kind of put your focus into this. Yeah. And you're saying the the Cheeto part of you was like playing in six bands and this and that. Now that Buena Suerte and Jungle Julia are active, people are paying attention, are you going to kind of make it make a limit and just be like, okay, I'm gonna focus on these two bands because I have these two bands, I have a partner, I have a full-time job. And I do like to sleep sometimes. Like, is there a balance or are you guys going to be like five nights a week? I'm practicing with five different bands. Uh, well, I'm actually kind of there again. So <laughs> I'm playing with this other band called the great wilderness. Uh, okay. it's a, it's a band that, that have been around for a while, but it was not active. So right now there's this uh, big festival that they're doing again. It's called the rock fest. And it's like, uh, like old bands like that have been around for 20, 30 years, lots of genres. And well, they, uh, they kind of got together for this festival and uh, I'm playing, I'm playing with them and well, it will probably hopefully uh, be one more than one show. If uh, so, yeah, we'll probably do stuff uh, there too. And well, I'm, I have this DJ set uh, now with, uh, with Reynaldo too. And, I'm still doing a lot of stuff. I don't think I'll get into any other project because that's a lot what I have right now. I mm-hmm. also kind of know how to handle my time, I think. And um, I, I don't think I'll get into any other, any other project, like any other band for mm-hmm. a while because I'm, I'm really full right now again. And that, that makes me really happy, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. So it begs the question, how do you handle your time with all the things that you do from what Chris was saying, work, all the bands, the DJ set? How do you do it? Uh, just like I just have like one uh, one day per week for every for each of the of the things I'm in. So and also uh, I work with priorities. So with Buena Suerte, I kind of do everything from, uh, well, all the all the PR, all the social media, all the I do all that stuff too. We we didn't talk about that, but yeah, dude, I do all that stuff too. And um, it it's it's I just don't have the same amount of responsibility on every project, so I think I can handle it, right? So with Buena Suerte, I do everything. I even uh, write lyrics most of the time, like nice. probably half of. Of our songs have been written by me, and if they weren't, I probably made up the chorus or some part of it, or at least like approved the song <laughs> before recording. Uh, but yeah, I'm full. I'm full. I'm fully like involved with Buenos Aires. Like I do pretty much uh, everything except like playing all the instruments that I don't know how to play, and and I don't sing that well as uh, Ray. So. I can't do the rest of the things, so I need the band. No, just so that's kidding. Your, that's really your <laughs> band. That's my 
main priority right now. Like, because, well, I started it from scratch with Brian. Uh, and that's, uh, that's my main, um, yeah, that's my main project right now. With Jungle Julia, uh, I'm the drummer, but it's like, hey, uh, so we're shooting a video. You have to dress like this, put on this, put on that. And I do the posts on Instagram and that's pretty much it. Like just play drums, post on Instagram. So I don't have that amount of responsibility as I do with Buena Suerte. Same thing with this other band, uh, The Great Wilderness. I'm just playing drums, not even do not e- I'm not even doing uh, vocals or anything, uh, just playing drums and that's it. Uh, and uh, with the other project, like we're just like uh, it, it's something that since since it is a remote band, we're not doing like it's not something really active. Hopefully mm-hmm. it, it will be someday at least we can we can tour someday, I guess. Uh, hopefully we can do it. But yeah, I don't have the same amount of responsibility on on every project, so I think that's how I handle it. How many hours are we talking about per week? Let's say at least twelve hours, and tw- probably twelve to fifteen hours a week. Maybe weekends are busy sometimes, so it might be a little bit more on top of a forty-hour work week. Yeah, I so work you- seven. I work seven to four on a day job. Too, so, so you have a very patient girlfriend, a very understanding girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, the the good thing is that well, we we we're we're well, we we I find out how to like uh, share time with her, and we go out on the weekends, and we uh, like last weekend we went to this uh, really cool like rainforest hotel, uh, and well, we we I still managed to like. Well, uh, be a, a good boyfriend, and I just I'm just out some nights a week. That's it, three or four nights a week. I'm I have to be out because well, I have to practice or this or that. But yeah, of course. Cool. Now I want to ask you, going back to the Great Wilderness, did they? You said they're a bunch of older guys. So do they? Are you now that guy? Like, did they find you? Like, hey, we've seen you with all these other bands. Would you want to come play drums with us? Kind of thing, or did you know them? No, actually, no. Great Wilderness is not an older uh, guys band, but most of the bands that are playing at that oh, okay, festival okay, okay, okay. are older got guys. It, got it, got it. Yeah, they're probably well. Uh, Paola, the singer and guitar player, she's uh, probably yeah, she's my age, and uh, the other two, the other two people in that band are Pablo and Jimena. Uh, they they used to play with Digger on. They, we played on. Hmm. We we played fest with them. Yeah, yeah. Remember them? Yep. Yeah. They are the, the other two people in that band. So they're okay, friends. Okay. And uh, well, this show came up and they were like, hey, you want to you wanna play drums with us uh, for this? And of course, I said yes, because I like to play drums. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's how uh, I, came up, uh, I, I came up with this other, this other band. But yeah, we're... we're um, I don't. I don't think uh, older guys are are looking for me to to play with their bands. No, I misunderstood that. And as soon as you said that Imena was in the band, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. They they went to like Iceland to record or something at one point. Didn't they they were crazy to record like years ago. Uh, the Great Wilderness, Iceland. Maybe I'm fucking up. Oh, uh, they 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 toured like lots of places. I think yeah. they play Europe, but not sure about the 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 dates. But yeah, they played. I think they played uh 
they play Canadian Music Week once also. Okay. And they play South by Southwest. They play lots of like really cool festivals. <clears throat> yeah, I remember that now. Um, so when you were talking about playing shows and this and that, you're, is there anywhere else realistically or has there been that you can play in Costa Rica outside of San Jose? And I know San Jose is huge. You can play a million different places in San Jose, but it's, you know, like if you want to go on tour without flying somewhere and to, and not taking a 24 hour bus to El Salvador. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right now there's uh there's a little bit more stuff happening. I've uh, heard about a couple of places having bands in Puerto Viejo, like in the Caribbean oh, yeah. Uh, side. Yeah. And, uh, but it's not that it's not something that happens all the time. Like it, it's, it's not for everyone. Like they, they kind of the stuff they like there. It's like reggae and sky and that kind of stuff. Uh, well for jungle Julia, actually we're going to play next year in probably playing next year in Puerto Viejo at this, uh, venue. Uh, this guy who, uh, came up to our show, uh, he lives in Puerto Viejo and, and he came up to, to our show and we're probably going to play there. I'm not sure when, but cool. I've, I know that there's like, there are places and well, you can, you can like talk to people and they would uh, allow you to, to probably do a show, but there's not like, I wouldn't say like tour touring, like with depending on the genre you're playing. Uh, it will work. I think Buena Suerte, for example, could play in any any like beach uh, in Costa Rica, Jaco, or let's say the, the other side, Guanacaste or whatever, because we play something a little bit more like, you know, like happy and like dancey, mm-hmm. ska stuff, and we have lots of reggae. Reggae is huge here. So probably if you play reggae, you'll have your uh, doors open pretty much everywhere. Of course, your, your band has to, to, be re- to be good, but it has like, there's a lot of opening for like that that kind of acts. So okay. So but, is it possible to be a professional musician in Costa Rica? It is. Um thing is uh I've never like really tried it like to okay, so I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do 24/7 cuz I don't know, I'm just used to uh some some stuff and I I I just don't want to be like that uh, music entrepreneur and just go like full music because I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think at, at this point that would work. I always say that I have uh, adapted the dream because back then when you guys met me, I was just all everything about the bands and I had fights with my family, had fights with my, my uh, girlfriend back then because my priority was uh, always the band and like just going on tour and all that and well that kind of uh um that kind of affected um uh the way i i think about music right now i think i still think it's the most one of the most important things in my life uh that's why i like spend so much hours uh a week like doing all this stuff but I say that I adapted uh, the dream to my current reality when I'm also uh, someone who has a partner and has to like pay a lot of bills and has to pay uh, a house and all that. So yeah, that's 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 part of it. Just adapting the dream, but still doing what I want. That's how I see it. 
I love that term, adapted the dream. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, li- yeah. And I like that you still call it a dream because I mean, you're so pa- you're so passionate about the bands that you do play in, you know, and the fact that you still want to make music and this and that. But you know, t- to, to as a follow up to Tebow's question, like being in Costa Rica, the only option is to f- fly and play somewhere else. <laughs> I know drummers. I know a couple of drummers that they they do drum full time, like, and they do this uh, for a living. Uh, some guitar players, but that that would work if you play covers, like mm, yeah. play covers all week long uh, on different bars. And I know people that uh, I know for a fact that they do the uh, music for a living. But you have to be like playing covers, playing like really, um, let's say. Tropical stuff like uh, you know salsa merengue, all that yeah. stuff. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you can you can definitely make a living out of it. Uh, sucks. It's not just uh, the the path I would like to follow, right? Because I don't like playing covers and I don't like playing uh, tropical music. I haven't I haven't really uh, give a chance to tropical music ever, but I don't, I don't even know how to play salsa or merengue to be honest. Because mm. I like, I got into this uh, this genre like uh, punk and all that stuff uh, involving uh, involving this all this um, this lifestyle that that we follow, right? But uh, yeah, you can definitely do uh, make a living out of it, but that's the path you should follow, and not not my thing. Yeah. So going back to this punk, you know, and it started with MTV and Rancid and just the style and the aggressive music. But was there a punk community in uh, San Jose that you connected with? When did you start connecting to the punk community? Mm, I started going to shows with like uh, friends from school, just friends from school. Then uh, this friends from school with that I started to go to shows were the ones... Uh, I started my first bands with, but I wasn't. I didn't feel that I was part of a, a community probably until what? Let's say, okay, let's yeah, let's say after I after I put out my second band, like in two thousand six, two thousand yeah, two thousand six. That's when I kind of uh, felt like I was part of a community because I was just like a kid going to shows. If I, I used to go uh, by uh, the shows by myself back then. If if no one could uh, come with me, I would uh, go by myself to the show. And like, I don't know, you, we, you had a couple of friends. Uh, I had a couple of friends there, but I didn't ever feel like, like in a community until I started probably playing in punk rock and hardcore shows. And that was like way... Uh, later, like what, seven, six, seven years later, probably. So, go ahead, Tibo. Well, so when you would speak of the lifestyle and the, you know, the of punk rock, and where, how did you get kind of influenced by it? Where did it come from? Uh, I met this. I remember I met this guy back in two thousand that was older than me, and uh, he. Um, he had a band back then called Opshock. It it was a really really good band, like like really melodic punk, skate punk stuff. 
And I met this guy like skateboarding, like uh, pretty close to my house. And uh, I remember like going to his house and what looking at all these CDs. Like I was like, dude, what's this? And he he was probably like the 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 first guy to like introduce me to like all this like uh, old punk rock. Uh, like getting uh, at that time it was like two thousand. So I was. Uh, listening to Enema of the State back then. They didn't know uh, a lot about uh, music. He was like, hey man, Blink-182 has some other records before Enema of the State. You should you should check this and check that out. And he started like like showing me, uh, well, a, a lot of other music, like skate punk. Uh, introduced me to, well, no effects back then. Also like other, other stuff, Less Than Jake. Uh, like all the fat records uh, catalog and punkorama, all that stuff. Th- this guy showed me all this stuff, and I was like, "Dude, this is so cool!" I don't know. I've, I I just I just felt it was like the coolest thing, like skateboarding and punk rock, and that's when I kind of got got into this. Probably fourteen, fifteen years old, but I didn't feel like I was part of a community. But but at that time, it was just like some kid discovering punk rock. So. But was there uh, Costa Rican bands playing, like, you know, like California style skate punk uh, at the time? Yeah, yeah, like that that band uh, Upshock. Uh, this this guy had like they used to uh, play like that style. Uh, back then we had well, that back then we had punk rock like that was really influenced by uh, probably also uh, like Rancid that kind of stuff. There was this band Ufo. That's pretty legendary, but they they were like a Costa Rican version of Rancid, or they were really influenced by by Rancid. So they have like lots of these ska songs, but most most of of what they play was really punk rock. So yeah, I met all these bands and also lots of ska bands uh, back then. But that's probably what what I used to listen to the most. Also, Solo Carne. I have you uh, ever yeah. heard of that band Solo Carne yeah, from here? Of course, dude. I, I Found the I found that I found out about them like when I was about 14, 15 <clears throat> years old. Actually, I I only saw them once. They broke up and they they came up like years later. But I I could only see them once when I was a when I was a teenager. But that's that was probably the the closest we have to to that kind of punk rock here. So it's like some you're always like. Uh, when when you got into this, you're you're a step ahead on on what everyone's doing because you're listening like you you you're just a nerd and you're just listening to whatever comes out and you're like a couple of years ahead probably. So when uh, like here like whenever a band comes out uh, like and gets pretty popular, two or three years later you're going to probably see two or three bands in Costa Rica that kind of uh, mm, kind of like, like have those influences, right? So yeah, that was the thing back back then. Those those were the bands that that had like that sound. Now, would international bands come and play in Costa Rica back in those days? Mm, I think I remember uh, Misfits coming in two thousand four. But that was like that uh, Misfit lineup that was uh, Jerry Only, Marky Ramon, and Des Cadena. They came in two thousand four. But I don't remember any punk bands coming before that. And my first like international punk show was 
uh, strung out in 2006. It was actually Alejandro, Alejandro's yeah. first uh, like big show, and that was my my first um, my first like international punk show. How many people were at the show? Like, I don't know. It was probably about five thousand. I oh might five thousand. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It was a lot of people. And when Alejandro listens to this, uh, he might uh, correct me because I'm not too sure, but I think the number was 5,000. Well, let's be honest. Alejandro's not going to listen to this. <laughs> we'll make him. Yeah, we'll make him. We'll make him. I'm, 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 I'm even going to pull, to uh, tag him on the stories. Nice. So, yeah. Um, it will. Well, I was actually going to get to that point. Like, So, I know... I know one of your favorite bands in the world is Thursday. Yeah. So at what point did, to me, that's a drastic change from no effects and rancid and stuff like that. Like what happened to, to, to for you to switch? I'm not saying you switched completely, but I mean, you know, I've known you for a long time and you've consistently been like Thursday. Thursday's the band. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was 2002. We were playing ska, and the uh, guitar player from from my band, from my first band, was like, "Dude, you gotta listen to this." Um, and he started like telling me all about this, uh, these bands, and like, uh, he showed me like one song. I think it was "Cross Out the Eyes" by Thursday, and I was like, "Dude, what's this?" That actually blew my mind, probably more than. When I first listened to Rancid and when I first listened to uh, watch that uh, at the drive-in video, like, dude, it was like, dude, what's this? It really blew my mind. And I started like finding out like about uh, other bands on that, uh, on that, on that uh, same, um, that same genre. And by, and like probably in that time I discovered on uh, 120 minutes on MTV and then I started like just listening to well uh, all those like emo uh, fake emo bands from 2002 all those uh, 2002 2003 uh, like hits and I was like dude that that blew my mind and that that's actually all the songs that we that we have on our on our set uh, with Reynolds and the I don't know it just blew my mind then. That when I started to like watch uh, 120 minutes and like started getting into that uh, into all that stuff, and I was like really really into it for a while for several years. Uh, I found out found out some some other bands into like on the road at that time, and I don't know like Alexis on Fire, uh, Silverstein, all that stuff. Like those were my favorite bands, my favorite bands back then, and I really really got got into all that stuff actually that's when i started my second band which was kind of something like that uh in 2000 what late 2005 i started my my next band that was the next chapter when i got into that and started playing that kind of stuff well because i was gonna say i met you when you were in overseas yeah and you were playing that for that period of time that modern melodic hardcore kind of stuff yeah so you know, I, I can see some of your influences from that emo era transitioning into that. And actually with overseas, you guys went more and more pop. 
like poppier, not pop, poppier yeah. as the records went on. Um, what happened? Like, you know, you you went you went from playing like ska to playing in like emo hardcore to like melodic hardcore. Then you were playing in Digger, and you know what I mean. Like, it was like state of mind. Like, what do you relate to this stuff that you're like? I want to play this kind of music now. I want to play this kind of music now. Or is it just kind of the people around you are like, hey, let's start a band that sounds kind of like this or let's start a band that does this? Probably was um, something more like people around me like, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do this. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Let's do it. I like that. Let's do it. So, uh, for example, we had like uh, this beta version of Overseas back in 2008 uh, with Alejandro and Rick and some other some other guys. Uh, we we had we we had like uh, probably two rehearsals and then it disappeared. That was like in like uh, 2008. But it was like, hey, you wanna you wanna play this? And at that time, I was probably listening to something like that, and and it just uh, felt like a, like a good idea to do it. And same thing, same thing when we started Digger, Canada and I had a lot of uh, like musical chemistry back then we used to uh listen to a lot of sad music which we we started uh doing the band but yeah it's probably something uh more like who's who's around me what they want to play and if i think it's going to be a good idea or not (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 funny talking to you and I, i really enjoy it because one of the things i love about you is that you're always positive you're always smiling you're always you know and a lot of the common themes in our guests on this is that they got into punk rock because they were angry or they were sad or they were you know there was there was trauma in their life and i'm not saying that you didn't have trauma or anything but you're just like ska rancid happy like <laughs> and it transitioned into an appreciation of all this other styles of of punk and hardcore and I just I, I find that really interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, I just got into music because I like music, not uh not because I felt uh part of a community at, at at that point or that I was just like I I I just felt uh felt fine when I used to go to shows, felt fine when I uh when I discovered the drum kit and I don't know, it was like, dude, I wanna do this. I didn't find out I wanted to do this forever until probably like when I was about 20, what, 25 <laughs> years old. Like I, I was like, yeah, I want to do this forever. It was something a little bit more like in and out uh, before that because I didn't have like bands, all the uh, bands that played all the time. But when when it when it became something that I had shows every weekend and all that, it was like, dude, this this is... This is what I would like to do forever. Even even if I'm if it even if this is not paying my bills, this is something that I really want to do forever. So it's it's cool every time uh, I uh, talk to someone that kind of has the that same feeling, and that's I think that's how uh, all these projects have uh, born. Like I feel at that time I, I have a good feeling about uh, what someone is proposing to me, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it, and that's. That's how I us- that's how I usually uh, handle my life. Just decisions, right? Feelings and good ideas. Yeah. 
That's Feelings amazing. and good ideas. That, that could be a, a name for a song, right? Uh, the next uh, Buena Suerte song. <laughs> it's a bit like what Ika was talking about, eh? and that his kind of barometer for a good song is if he gets goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yours is like, if I'm feeling this, let's do this. Yep. I've, I've also rejected uh, some, some, some projects in the past, uh, like people that I don't, I don't feel like we're, uh, like we're, we don't have like good chemistry and all that and even played shows. And then I'm like, um, no, I don't think if, uh, this is going to work and well, that, that, that has uh, happened in the past, but actually the, the people I've, uh, connected, uh, the most, uh they're well there's they're playing with me even though they're like for example samantha we've been playing for like six years already uh and uh we're like ride or die with jungle julia and we've been playing for a while two bands uh two bands later i think i still think it is a good idea uh to play with <laughs> her and we've uh, made really good chemistry and it that's really cool and yeah, absolutely that's 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 part of it like all my relationships, like music-wise, music-wise, uh, with uh, people that I've uh, made really good connection with, uh, well, they they have lasted a while. Let's say more than five years, more than six years, because uh, well, I I I used to I like to like keep my my people or my loved ones uh, really close, and well, whenever I get to that click, well, it happens and they become family. Yeah, I, I feel the very, I feel the same way. I'm pretty sure Tebow does as well, and I think it's just kind of a, a weird thing that if you're not part of this scene, you don't fully understand that immediate connection. It's like, okay, there's something here, and we can do something together. Create, um, you know how when they say uh, if you really want to test a friendship, you either go on vacation together or you live together. <laughs> yeah, like amplify that by being in a band. So you have to be creative, put aside egos, travel together, spend lots of time together. <laughs> totally, man. Totally. Um, but I wonder, you know, and I guess it's a question for both of you, you know, like, can you have musical chemistry with, with not having, I don't know, maybe not be the best of friends, but have really good musical chemistry? Uh, I'm extremely fortunate in the fact that I've pretty much only played with my friends my whole life. Um, so the extreme musical chemistry wasn't as important as the relationship itself. You know, we, it, you can be like, Oh, my friend and I, we should start a band that sounds like this, or you play in a band with someone <clears throat> and, you know, along the way people fall off and people come in and this and that to me, uh, a perfect example is Mathieu in Prevenge. Um, I love Joey. I love Cameron. Uh, we had Hugo. I love him. He filled in for a bit. And Scott, I love him. And he filled in for a bit. But when Mathieu joined the band, all of a sudden, I was just kind of like that guy. Like that is the guy that he he is. he is what I need to take what I do and make it so much better. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Chito. 
Yeah, that's actually a constant uh, thing. If especially when when you when you've been into this uh, many like projects, you you kind of feel it the that way. Like, yeah, this is this is the person that's going to to like uh, take this to to the next level. Uh, we actually and and I've I felt it uh, really. I felt it like twice uh, with the musicians I'm playing with right now. Like I'm right now, all the people I'm playing with, I'm super happy with them. And there's no like, I don't know, like everything, uh, every, everyone, it's like really cool to each other and we all work together and everyone's like really on board with uh, all the, the, the ideas that we come up with. And it's really, it's really cool to be around people like that. Yeah, yeah totally. it sounds like you, you know, you, when you get to that point where you admire your fellow musician, yeah, like uh, what you're doing is incredible. It's blowing my mind. Like it's exactly. a pretty cool experience to participate in that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, and it could it's, be vice versa too. You know, the other person says, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> I've, I've played with him. It's totally, he's blowing my mind. <laughs> we actually had a pretty good, uh, pretty good chemistry. Uh, Chris, like, Chris, Chris was just like when when we when we th- when we toured South America. I was like, hey, you want to hey, you want to play drums? Uh, if you say yes, I'm going to put a band together. So I don't have to go acoustic. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it, man. And I don't know, like I felt the the chemistry was really uh, immediate. Like uh, kind of like we we knew we know what was coming on 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 the songs. Like just like. Chris would just play it and uh, play the guitar and I, I knew where to put those symbols. I knew where to put everything. It was just like this connection I'm talking about. And yeah. it's crazy. And, and it's awesome when you feel when you feel that way with someone. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like falling in love, uh, but uh-huh. like different musically. Yeah. yeah. Falling in love musically. You you could you could see it like that, right? Yeah, it's like you're reading him or you're reading yeah. the other musician, and you can kind of just fill in what the other person's not doing or doing. Yeah. It's, it's highly complimentary. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I agree. I mean, we, I lucked out having, and, and so what I was talking about, uh, Jose playing three shows a night, that whole tour, he had to play two shows a night. Uh, one set with me and one set with overseas. <clears throat> and there were some nights we were playing two shows a night. <laughs> Did he ever Chile. complain? No, we <laughs> not not about playing. <laughs> yeah, but that, that but that's what's impressive. <laughs> yeah, not about playing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, that, that was the that was the question I was asking about playing rather than anything else. Oh no, it, it wasn't between us. <laughs> <laughs> Te amo, listo. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Yeah, but uh, it actually. Uh, yeah, I never. I never complain about playing music unless like you're going to really like hard conditions. Like if you get to a venue and I don't know, uh, the drum kits, it, uh, it's really shitty and it's like falling apart when you're playing. That's the, the, sure. the part of, uh, that's the kind of stuff, uh, I complain about, but well, if, if 
I would never like complain about like going to a place to to play or complain about well I wanted a hundred to people to show up and we only had fifty. I'm not going to complain about that because well that's 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 part of the whole thing, right? But well, you you can complain about other stuff, but I, I'm not like that. <laughs> well, what impresses me about you and when we were talking about complaining is about you know I hear music, some musicians playing shows are like they're really tired, you know, they're exhausted, they. But I don't hear that from you. And, you know, and Chris saying, like, you can play two shows, three shows, four shows. I mean, it seems as though you're unstoppable. If you got a good drum kit and you can actually pay, play your instrument and the conditions are right, uh, you're fine. Yeah, and actually, well, uh, and yeah, the, the good thing is that uh, as I'm getting older, I play stuff that's a little bit more, like, uh, groovy and, like, well, like in Jungle Julia, we do a lot of country stuff and it's not like it used to be like playing three shows overseas really fast, uh, taking time bomb, Ramon's uh, style hi-hats that would like just like, I was so tired after uh, mm. a taking time bomb set uh, all the time. They were like really, really short sets, but it was like all the time Ramon's uh, style's uh, Ramon style hi hat and all that. So it was. You remember uh, that that show that I, I think it was a Billy the Kid show uh, in El Sotano that we we went to Chris like the day after my birthday. And well, dude, I, I played I drank, it. Yeah, you you played there. You yeah. played in my birthday, and yep. and the next day, uh, you we we played that 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 other yeah, yeah. show. Remember? Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, that day I. I felt like I was going to die because it was a day after my birthday. Uh, well, I drank the whole bar. Everyone was like inviting me to beers and shots and all that. I was I, I was I had the worst hangover uh, ever. And well, that's uh, but um, and also I had to play a show, so it was. Uh, I don't do that anymore. Like if I have to play a show on Saturday, I will not go out on Thursday. I'm almost 37, man. I'm I'm not the same that when you met me <laughs> back in 2012 and I was 26, 27. So yeah, I'm getting older, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, excuse the laughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, remember Marcos from the Movement in Codes? Yeah, of course. He always he always tells me. Uh, he always tells me that, dude. I I still even even though you lost your hair and you have all this gray hair on your beard and all that, I I see you guys and well some other friends like like little kids. Because the first time I went to record with them, I was probably uh what twenty twenty one with my first with my second band, and well I I was a little kid back then uh for him and he 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 tells me that like i i just i still see you like little kids even though you're all uh you're <laughs> almost 40 which which is funny because you guys to me you guys are contemporaries you've played tons of shows together yeah you know i, I love marco but like how old is he i thought he was younger than me he's about your age i think 44 45 right yeah okay okay so that yeah. makes sense you you were 20 he would have been 30 that makes sense yeah Okay. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Cause yeah, those guys, like as, as an example of a band that did really well, but couldn't really break is the movement and the movement in codes. Like those dudes are amazing. I mean, they play, Tebow, they play, they got to play with faith no more. Yeah. I, I remember seeing them on that, uh, that week with the face to face tour and they were oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. 
they they played, they played the, the first show, I believe. They played the yeah. the release show for Oh Captain My Captain. That's yeah. it. Revenge played it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. They were amazing. Yeah, no, they uh, they they played my 40th birthday as well. They're yeah. fuck, dude. They're amazing. They're <clears throat> um, but you know this 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 brings me back to the the thing like if you're in Costa Rica, you can only go to here before you have to get out. But being a band from Costa Rica, it can't always be easy to get out of Costa Rica. Maybe in Latin markets? Is is that a thing or is that or is it even just harder to do that too? Well, uh, so right now, uh, for example, with Buena Suerte, we're like going for Latin markets. Mexico is... Uh, sky in Mexico is huge, for example. Uh, also, right now, we're... we're uh, we have some really good relationships with Guatemala. We're probably touring soon. Nice. Um, play play a couple of shows there, but yeah, that's that's part of what we are uh, thinking about. Like mostly going to those uh, Latin markets, like Colombia. I think Colombia has a really big ska scene. Uh, I've heard uh, Brazil. Brazil has a really a really good. Well, Brazil has a scene for everything. Yeah. But yeah, they have really good bands. Uh, actually, uh, signing with 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 uh, labels uh, from the US and all that. Uh, bands from Brazil. There's a band called uh, Abras Cadabra that just um, signed up with Bad Time Records. And mm-hmm. yeah, we want to we we want to like do all that. We we pl- want to play shows uh, uh, in the Latin uh, market. We know that. Well, we we do have some fan base in the U.S., but we know that's really hard for us to like get visas to get into the U.S. and get to Canada and all that. I mean, I'd love to play, for example, uh, Fest. Fest is full of ska bands this year, and last year was the same. I'd love to play there, but well, visas are uh, an issue for us right now. So, being a Costa Rican band, well, you you kind of have to like figure out what your target is and well kind of like do a forecast on well how big your band can get or which path you you want to follow where you want your music to be um to be uh heard in and i think i think that's that's what uh what uh what you have to do and right now we're really focused on the latin market but if well we're going to have a well, our our new EP is, is coming out on a on a record label from the states, so hopefully we can we can tour yeah. a little bit. Yeah, uh, Scapunk yeah. International is coming out this August. We're recording. Well, we just finished recording right now. It's on. Uh, uh, it's being mastered in uh, Brazil, uh, and hopefully, will that will be out next July or August? Amazing, so, man! Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. We're gonna do some tapes and CDs, and it's easier to. I think it's easier to mail it to to Canada from the states. So yeah, much cheaper. Stay tuned, guys. Yeah, yeah. much cheaper. Yeah. So stay tuned because we're going to do a lot of stuff with oh, with that EP. Is there a Costa Rican ska identity? You know, if you compare yourself with other Latin countries, are there like different styles, or is it similar? Uh, there's a lot of. Latin influence ska, like big bands with like keyboards, like uh, uh, a brass, uh, like three guys on the brass, uh, sax, uh, like uh, trombone and trumpets, and like 
all sorts of Latin percussion and all that's really influenced by that type of of ska. Like, but back when I started to go to shows, it was like ska mixed with reggae and Latin stuff like cumbia and like salsa. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, well, that I think that's like most of the the big like really big bands are part like this, like really big bands with Latin influence. And um, but I wouldn't, I would, I would say that would be like the most uh, ska signature sound, probably. Okay. Now, would that sound be just Costa Rica or all Latin countries? Uh, La- that's uh, something that's really big in Latin countries, okay. actually. Now, what happens if the band, one of your bands, gets popular, and it's like? You now have an opportunity to go on tour for weeks on end, months on end to try and make this work, but you'll make enough money that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. What happens to you then in your balance in life that you talked about earlier? Because, you know, you're, you're, I feel like you're doing, for lack of a better word, all the right things mm-hmm. for your bands to get more popular. So, so is there, you know, what was the expression you used before? The adapted, adapted dream. dream. Adapted, adapted dreams. dream. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the dream is still very much there. That if, if, if one of these takes off, you'll, you'll go with it. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely try it. Uh, we've like, I've had this conversation with Bane, like what hap- what if? Uh, and also, well, uh, there's she has some projects that she would like to do. Like, yeah, I would uh, like to maybe relocate it to another city, uh, to another country someday. Uh, and well, I would uh, also go for that dream if if that's uh, if that's what we would like to do in the future. And if it makes sense, and if I could, if I could like get the chance to make a living out of it, I would definitely uh, give it a try. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I, I kind of when you were saying you were adapting the dream before I was in my head, the 2012 version of you was kind of like, oh, <laughs> my t- 2012 version of me. Like, if I don't get vacation at work, I quit. I'm gonna quit <laughs> and I'm going on tour. Yeah, no, I cannot do that anymore, man. No, of course, of it's course. really hard, especially in this uh, this weird times when, well, uh, if I don't have a job, I don't, I don't even even though I could get another job. I don't know uh, how much time I'm I'm going to to be like unemployed or whatever. So yeah, like we have to like take care of our jobs and all that because of course there these are really weird times. So but yeah. if it makes sense, uh, financially speaking, uh, and also uh, it's a good deal, I would probably give it a try. Amazing. What do you do, Jose, for work? I'm a salesman for a company that sells software. That's a really big company that sells software, and we're on an outsource of this uh, this big company that I'm cannot, okay. that I shouldn't mention uh, sure. here. But yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I pretty much sell a software solution for companies. That's my job. You like it? Uh, I don't. I don't love it. 
but I don't hate it. Like it's just something that I know that I have to do. Uh, but it what it it's what keeps me like uh like with my all my ba basic stuff and like to like have all all the the you know like to survive right it's sure. i don't hate mm -hmm. it but i i don't love it and if i get to a time when when i start to hate it i'll probably uh start looking for for something else that's that's how it uh, worked in the past like i used to work for a company i don't know five years uh then uh i wasn't feeling that well started looking started to looking for something else and, and switched that's what i usually do but yeah i don't hate it <laughs> I hope not. You. This is this is kind of the whole. I come back to this. You're always so cheery. You're always so, and I mean, I've I've been I've been with you in the worst of times. You know. Yeah. And totally. and you you still you still had, I guess for lack of a word, hope. You know, it's like this is going to be okay. It is going to be okay. <laughs> that's you know? actually that's actually the the. Those are actually the lyrics for for the the our first song uh, in Buena Suerte, like the first single we released. It's about that. It's like a, nothing stops me. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, I have my friends. All that stuff, like really positive stuff, because uh, this came out at like starting the pandemic, and it was like, yeah, we got to do something really positive. We cannot do any any sad stuff because these are not the times to be uh we're we're already sad enough and like locked down enough and we gotta do something to kind of cheer people up so that's how it uh all came out would you consider yourself a cheerful person i consider myself a positive person yeah i have a the PMA thing going on. Like <laughs> I try to always uh, look for the the positive uh, sides of things, and I try to like make it make it work and make it uh, happier if it's possible. Uh, but I wouldn't say cheerful. Okay, where'd you learn that? Where did I learn this? Yeah, the P you know who influenced you to have a positive mental attitude. Probably music. I don't know. Like music, it what is what makes me happy. Like, uh, if to me, it's actually like a drug. If I'm not like playing drums, I I will feel bad. Like mm. totally, my therapy, uh, and that's what keeps me well. And some other substances, but yeah, that what keeps me going probably is uh, drums and the other this other substance that kind of balances me uh it's natural uh but yeah that's uh <laughs> that's how uh, that's i think that's 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 how i managed to like uh keep it together but i don't know where where i would say that i learned this from were you, just, were you always like that you know what i mean when you were an adolescent young adult uh i used to be real uh, really introvert when I was in, when I was a teenager, actually, and like lots really? of like complexes and all that, I I did a like a really big change when I graduated high school and started college. Uh, I was like, dude, I'm at this totally new place. Uh, I don't know anyone in these classes. Uh, let's make some new friends. Let's uh, I don't know. Let's change uh, a little bit. And I kind of like push myself push myself into it back then and then well then this happened 
<laughs> years later. But yeah, I used to be a really introvert back in my high school years and my, yeah, and all my, yeah, back in high school, really introvert. It's funny to me that an introvert wants to hit the loudest instrument around. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Look at that me! Probably- Look at me! <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're on the back. Remember that, and we're all protected by our kids. So <laughs> part of it. That's true. That's true. even though I always want to like uh, I always want to be in the pictures, and I I kind of like. I kind of uh, I, I get pissed off if if I'm not uh, on the 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 pictures at shows, but <laughs> I changed. <laughs> well, I mean, you are the you are the quote unquote leader of Buena Suerte, so just move your drum set right to the front, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've thought about it, but no, we're not going. <laughs> at some point, at some point, I thought about like we we couldn't uh, get a singer and i was like and i was like uh hey brian man i think i'm gonna start singing if we don't if we don't get a singer i'm going to play drums and sing that that's it and then well we got this guy uh ray i met him at the barbershop and i brought him to the i brought him to the band this is a crazy story and it's it's fun uh because well he was not aware of of Anything uh, regarding ska or punk rock, he didn't have he didn't have a clue. Uh, but he is a real, really good singer, and so we I brought it to the band, and it worked. And it's it's he's a really really good singer, uh, and he's been learning a lot of stuff on these two years that that he's been singing with us, and uh, it's it's cool because it's like bringing someone totally new to. Uh, a scene that al- also already has like twenty years or, or or more existence. So we just like came up with these new faces, and it turned out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you told me he was a he used to do hip hop. He was a rapper. He, he still he still does. Oh, okay. Actually, he came out with a single last week. He just like this trap uh, trap R and B that stuff, and it's like a total totally different character from. From the one that he has with Buenos Aires, so it's 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 fun that that he he has those like two uh, faces. Also, I can't uh, tell any of my band members, hey, you cannot have a uh, another band or you can't have another. Of project. course, I don't have the <laughs> I don't have the moral authority to do that. So it's cool that that uh, that they have all these other projects. Well, one one thing I've noticed from the people I've met in Costa Rica in all the bands is that the majority of people in bands have multiple projects going at all times. Yeah. And I, I, I always found that really impressive because, you know, I brought it up before about the inability to tour outside of San Jose. You know, if you're in a city like New York or even Montreal, you know, you can be in five different bands and you can do five different tours, five different weekends and play in five different places. Whereas in Costa Rica, you know, you're you're playing to the same people in a different band, but it's be, because all the shows. The other thing that I really love about Costa Rica is that the shows are really varied. You know, you'll get to a show; it'll be a ska band, a punk band, uh, an indie rock band, and then a hardcore band, all in the same bill. So, you know, if you play in a ska band and you play in a hardcore band, there's a good chance that you play one show 
with your ska band one week or one month and the next month it's a whole different lineup but it's got a ska band a punk band an indie band a hardcore band it's the same people same people yeah it's it's uh yeah and it's uh well and back then when 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 uh we met and and all those times that that you came here before was uh there were times when uh the scene was really active and well there there were like pretty much shows every weekend if there wasn't like a full uh full-blown show there was an acoustic set at this or that cafe we didn't we that's not happening right now at least not in that uh that punk rock scene i don't i don't see like stuff like sometimes like some bands like my friends golpe bajo they they came up with uh, a couple of singles uh recently uh and well jason's new project strangers forever they have uh released a couple of of songs and an ep and, and all that but right now i don't think we're uh we have that sense of community that that we had back then when 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 you guys uh came here and we have for example el 21 where you used to do like go there every night and i would go there every night and even if i go to the bar by myself i would uh, the 21 i would okay. uh i would go uh i would go there just like order a beer and i would talk to anyone there because they were all friends and there was like this really sense of community and mm. well i don't think that right now we have this uh but well, hopefully uh, we will come uh, back to something like that again because there were like really fun times, mm-hmm. and well, that's part of uh, the community that we uh, also want to build when when we when we are part of a zine or something like that, right? Of course. I, I, do you find that being a little older now that you are not part of the scene anymore? Aside from playing shows, like you don't go out every night, you don't. Um, do you find yourself a little more separated now that your priorities have, I say your priorities have changed, but they haven't changed per se, but I mean, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't go out as, as much as I used to, but I don't, I usually will, uh, notice it whenever, uh, uh, there's an event or there's a show or whatever. Cause well, I, I see everything on, on social media and I see like all other stuff, happening but well i don't know what's going on with this uh with this scene i'm i don't know if uh, anything is going right now i see that there's a hardcore show uh coming up i think it's this weekend and well it's just starting to slowly uh coming back again and well hopefully uh, we 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 can start uh building uh community again like like we used to and that's pretty cool I, I really like your ideas of community. I mean, you, you've said it throughout this whole conversation. You know, when you were a kid, you're like, oh, I didn't know many people. I wasn't part of that community. Now you're like, oh, we're going to rebuild the community like post COVID. Do you, because you played in bands for so long, do you see yourself as the guy in the band when the younger kid comes to the show and is just like, oh, that's, Chito, he played in this band and this band and this band and this band. <laughs> you know, we, we've last few shows we've talked about status. And it's just kind of like, I know you don't, you're not an egotistical person by any means, but it's kind of like, I feel like after 20 years of playing shows, and you played some big shows, you played some of the bigger punk, biggest punk rock shows in Costa Rica. You yeah. know, th- there's, there's got to be a certain amount of notoriety. Is that the word? Uh, not really notoriety recognition respect respect there we go yeah it's a better word well uh i think 
I might uh, get noticed by people. Not sure if I'm that notorious or uh, whatever, but uh, it's something that I that I just do for fun and that and that's what uh, keeps me alive. And well, I I know I know for a fact that some people like really uh, notice me and like people sometimes people uh, uh, in the street like kids come like, hey, uh, I like your band. Uh, you're a pretty pretty badass drummer. I've never considered myself a, a really good drummer, uh, to be honest. But I just I I, I do my best. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm getting noticed every every now and then. I wouldn't say like uh, really, and I would say probably that I'm a really respected musician, maybe because like I've been around a while and I played uh, like I've been around different genres of music and. Well, I think people noticed me before be, because of that, but I wouldn't say like really notorious or famous. No, notor- notorious was the wrong word, but I'm just kind of saying like, you know, you were saying when you started going to shows mm-hmm. and you were talking about local bands that you saw that I forget oh, yeah. the name of the band, the skate punk band. Solo Carne. And- no, no, no. The other one, uh, Oscar. Oh, Opshuk. Uh, Opshuk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as, as a kid, as a 14 year old kid, you go into these situations, like you say, you weren't really part of the community and you're just kind of like, Oh, Hey, I know that guy. He works at the same place that I do. Or like he works at the, the restaurant that I go to with my parents or whatever. Yeah. You know? So, so it's kind of, I don't, do you, do you feel at 37, you are now that guy? Probably. Yeah, and probably some of the guys that are like probably uh, younger than twenty five or so uh, were well those kids back then when I was playing shows with overseas or with Ticket Time Mom, they are like fifteen, sixteen years old, and well they prob they prob they're probably that those guys that right now are like twenty three and they see me like probably that guy, and it 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 it's so so crazy to like really have contact with these people that you used to look up. Uh, back then, for example, I remember like going to shows and uh, to to go see uh, Calle Dolores. One that was one of my biggest, uh, one of my favorite bands back then. Uh, and uh, right now, well, I can talk to Jose Cotto, the singer from Adaptados, that used to be the singer uh, for that band. It's like, yeah, we we have. Uh, a beer together on a show or with Esteban from Seca or Chepe from Solo Carne. They're, they're all like cool dudes that are, uh, are a little bit older uh, than me, but that I used to like look up when I was a kid. So it's, you, it's kind of like that cycle. Like you get older and then there's another kid that's going to come up and is going to get older and like be friends with you uh, someday. And yeah, that's, that's, I think that's part of uh, of the cool part of of being into this because even though you get older, uh, you can still be in contact with uh, what younger people is doing. And well, you you're not that like boring uh, adult uh, that some people become, right? So mm-hmm, I think yeah, that's that's the cool part of this. Like you always know what's going on with the uh, with well, what's coming up, and you're really connected with what's been done in music and all that and scene wise and all that. So it's, it, I think it's, it's a uh, part of what I like uh, in, of being in bands or like being a musician. Nice. 
Yeah, because I was going to say a lot of people get older and they kind of step away. They they no longer feel like they're part of the community. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we're going to rebuild the community like post-COVID. And it's I, I find that really quite inspiring, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do something here. I'm not saying that I'm going to be the savior of uh, no, 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 no. Costa Rica <laughs> or anything like that. But hopefully uh, we can still uh, continue playing shows. So that's that's what makes me happy. You know, Jesus said, uh, pick up your cross and follow me. Jose says, pick up your instrument and follow me. <laughs> That's right. I, I see that being a soundbite at the beginning of one of your songs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm curious, Jose, and I don't really know how to ask this question, but, you know, we when we were talking to Ika uh, from Custody, he was talking about the Finnish attitude compared for example to the swedes and he's he portrayed this was his perspective not a i don't think a global perspective that the swedes were more uh, uh they would be proud they're more proud than the finnish that tends to be more meek and uh i'm wondering about being a costa rican in latin america what is the costa rican identity according to towards you like what do you think is the Mm, well, uh, I don't believe that much in that uh, Costa Rican identity because I don't like a lot of the Costa Rican like uh, way, ways of uh, well, several things like it's okay here to be. And I apologize because I was like two minutes late uh, when I got into this call, but there was time. something happening here. Uh, but we have like this something called the Oratica or Tica Hour that's you can be late everywhere uh 15 minutes uh half an hour and still acceptable i think that's bullshit <laughs> and that's part of what i don't like about being costa rican and also well like uh there's a lot of um uh like uh patriotism like but it's like double standard stuff mm. And well, we don't we don't believe in that stuff either, so that's not cool. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, I hate to accept this, but there's a lot of racism too. And like uh, Costa Ricans usually feel like superior to other uh, people from other countries. Huh. So I don't I don't like uh, that uh, Costa Rican like uh, those. You know ways or like that that people follow. Of course, I hate all that shit. But um, there's um, there's there there are cool parts of the Costa Rican identity, like the pura vida stuff. Like we're really cool with people, uh, and but that's kind of selective too. Like we're cool with people from this and this countries, but we're not cool with people on this mm -hmm. and this and this countries. So that's not not something that I'm proud of. Of uh, of the Costa Rican identity, you know? So, well, I guess the, you know, what's the more precise question would be, what do you love about Costa Rica? Uh, You're born here, you live there. No, I feel actually um, compared to what I talk about with uh, friends in other countries, uh, especially in Central America, I've been in contact with uh, people from Central America lately. And uh, if, for example, in some countries, if you have a little bit of platform, let's say you're a musician or you're a comedian or you're a, 
uh, or you work in uh, media and while well, you kind of decide to use that platform to uh, to like uh, how do you, how do you say popular that? opinion yeah exactly uh, if you use that uh, to talk about the government or talk about whatever you might get arrested just for using your platform for that mm. that's something that i've been exposed to lately like talking to uh people from other countries that's something that i don't think uh um would, will happen here we live uh, we really i mean the the lifestyle here is is really like uh laid back and we do whatever we want uh to be honest and that's part of the that's that's part of uh of the cool part if i want to go outside at night uh well of course it's not the, the safest place in the world but it's not as unsafe as some other countries uh right. you could think about so that's a cool part of uh costa rica uh also well in part of uh in in my case uh, and what I've been exposed to, getting a job, if you're qualified, uh, let's say, if if you, let's say, if you speak English in Costa Rica, you can get jobs and that will get you like really, really um, that, to, to places if you speak English. Because, well, you can get, you can get a job on any like company and uh, that where you have to just uh, speak English and learn uh, whatever you have to learn there and you get a, a decent uh, life out of it. Also, there's yeah. a lot of inequality on uh, like uh, uh, like poverty and all that stuff. But well, if you're prepared uh, enough, well, you can you can make a, a, a decent living, and I think that's uh, that's uh, cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like the I like the fact that that we 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 live uh, in a really like quiet or our life is really like quiet like easy like not not so much like all those like fast cities in the world it's a little bit you know more like a little bit calm uh, more calm and that's cool nice yeah um i i wonder you know when you to add to Tivo's question when you think <coughs> of uh latin american countries you know when you think of say Guatemala or El Salvador, the first thing that comes to mind is not Pura Vida yeah. or anything to that effect. Um, I, I think a lot of the things that you are unhappy with, they're everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's a, it's a, what sort of looking for? Like a consciousness of the whole, of the majority of the population in Costa Rica that, it's kind of like, all right, things are bad all over the world, but we're okay. You know, it's yeah. that, that that that's kind of the what I've gotten from the people from the people down there. And when I say that we're okay, that that's at the lower end of the spectrum. A lot of the people are like, we're great. You know, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a really interesting country that I I really I love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as as you said, yeah, we're we're okay. We're not like on the top of the world. Uh, we of course we have lots of uh, shit going on and all that, and we're not great because well, there's still uh, some inequality, and well, not everyone is great. So that means we're not great, just okay. So yeah, I totally agree with that. 
Cool. All right. Well, the only other thing I can think to to talk about, and this is more a very personal question for you, is just you've been on tour. You've you've traveled to different countries and continents. I, I know you're going to Mexico soon with uh, Cheats and Reynolds. Yeah. Um, I know. I would assume when your record comes out. Uh, with Buena Suerte, you're going to do some touring probably in Mexico, Guatemala with uh, the guy who sang on your record or did the yeah. single with you. Um, like, what does touring mean to you? Like, you know, it's to, to me, it's, it's for lack of a better word, it's almost everything. Like, that's tour is pure fun, like uh, seeing people you haven't seen in a while. And meeting people uh, for the first time, uh, partying with new people, making connections, uh, making friends that you don't know if they're going to be probably there forever. Like, for example, you guys, I've met you 10 years ago. We're still talking. I'm here on your podcast. It's great. Uh, and that's that's part of it. Like, music uh, has brought like uh, bands and all that uh, for me. And well, touring has. Uh, and music has brought tour into my life and well, has brought so many good friends, uh, that even though we, we don't, uh, uh, talk a lot, we'll probably, we'll see each other. If, if I go to, if, if, if I go to, to Canada, if I go to Montreal, I'll probably going to, to see stay, you guys. <laughs> if you're coming to, uh, Costa Rica, you know, you know that we're going to, uh, for sure hang out and uh, do a show or whatever and that's part of it like all those connections that you make along the way and that's that's part of it uh that's why i love touring it's the most it's the most fun uh part of uh, being a musician i had this conversation with with vanna like hey uh you sleep like shit you sleep in probably a sleeping bag or at someone's living room why why do you like that spend hours on the road what what do you like that it's i don't know it's just something that gives me so much like stamina and so much like surrounding that it just it just keeps me happy and even though sometimes the conditions are not the best you still continue doing it and you just love it as it's crazy it's as you said it's like a drug I have to play drums at least once a week. I have to practice with one of the bands at, uh, with the with one band at least once a week, so I could like continue with my life. When the pan pandemic started, I took the drum kit and put it on the living room, and I was like playing all the time in my living room. Then I decided to, hey, let's put it in the backyard. Boom, let's put the drum kit in the backyard. It was I was just like looking for new ways to like play drums and not uh, get bored. But well, it's not the same as vibing with a band mm -hmm, and uh, vibing with 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 musicians that that you respect and you and you love. And that's that's uh, that's how music. It's pretty much everything in my life. Well, at this point, I think that's a perfect place to end because, <clears throat> again, the. Whoever hears this, we're we're doing this by video, <clears throat> and Jose has not stopped smiling this whole time. <laughs> and you can see when he was talking about that whole last monologue of his, his hands were in the air. He was, you know, <laughs> it's 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 passion. It's you know, it's it's 
you you found a way to balance passion with reality. Yeah. You know, and not get frustrated by it. Because I for for, for a lot of people, I'm sure it would be really frustrating to be like, I'm in these bands that are so good. I'm in these bands that people are listening to, but I just can't make it work. And you're in Costa Rica. Like you said, it's harder to get visas for the US and Canada and to get into Europe and stuff like, you know, and a lot of people would probably be bummed if they had to play the same city over and over and over again their whole life. But you, you're like, nah, dude, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best, man. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, of course, I wouldn't like tour under uh, some circumstances because, of course, you learn of course. from <laughs> playing shows and tours and like meeting people and all that. But uh, you still, uh, I, I'm still willing to do some sacrifices and sleep not that well a couple of nights when I'm on tour. I'm, I still, I still want to do that. So it's, of course, it's, it's uh, we'll, 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 we're keeping it alive for, uh, some more years for sure. Probably until I die, to be honest. <laughs> if I still can play drums, I hope. I just hope I can still play drums the day I die, mm. and that's it. So, Jose, where can people find you and find your music? Uh, they can find me as arroba don Jose Alberto on Instagram. That's the social network that I use the most, and well, all my bands are in. Uh, social media, all around social media, Instagram, uh, TikTok. We're on YouTube. Buena Suerte has like seven singles out. We have every single has a video, and we have a couple of full sets that we came up with. Uh, we 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 want to start this uh, tradition where we put a full set every December. It's like uh, our gift to our listeners. So our first one we did it at this. Um, at this record store, uh, full set, like right there on the record store. And we did a kind of a semi-acoustic show uh, for last um, for last Christmas. And so that's part of a tradition where we're starting to build. But we have videos for all our singles and those two full sets uh, with Jungle Julia, Jungle Julia CR, Buena Suerte CR. Uh, you can also check Jungle Julia on YouTube and you're going to see this handsome man, Chris Nelgruff. That's right. On Jungle <laughs> Julia fit, uh, Chris, uh, timing is crucial. Uh, and well, we have, uh, we have also a lot of social media and well, if you go there, all the links are there, yeah. uh, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. 